2: great to be in studio with you guys normally we do this over the phone but uh we are in studio and uh you know it's a chance to get your reaction off my stupid comments so it's perfect (laughs) looking forward to it all right so let's start with this we had some actual news in baseball yesterday
0: uh there was the adam eaton signing in chicago there was the lance lynn signing or trade to chicago and then we heard about the royals going out and getting carlos santana as well do you think that there's going to actually be some more movement this week in what would typically be the winter meetings? Yeah,
2: I, I think that kind of got it going. I do typically notice that at this time of the year, the relievers go off the market. Then you'll see some starters, and then you see position players go off the market. So to see Lynn get traded, which is the big fish out there in my mind, I mean, for a guy for $8 bucks for one year, you trade for him. That's a great deal for the White Sox. What it tells me is that they're going for it for Tony La Russa. His shelf life as a manager probably isn't long, maybe one or two years, maybe three. I mean, who knows? He's 76. Who knows how long he's going to want to do this. But by them getting Lynn, getting Eaton, they're going for it. And he's got now three guys at the top of that rotation that are really good on a team that already was really good. And I love what the Royals are doing. I think when you look at their ownership group, how they've handled the pandemic, whether it be what they did with their employees, how they handled their minor leaguers, and the fact that they're going out and spending some money, uh, it's, I, I, th- I just think that they're doing things right. And I also believe that when you start to see some of the chips fall, it sets the marketplace, and we'll probably get a little bit more movement uh, as we finish up this week. Now, having said that, I also believe that December, what would normally be this time in baseball, we may see what would be a typical December wind up being in January. It's going to push it back by about a month with all this movement, but I do think it's going to lessen up to the bigger picture, what you're asking about. I do think it lessens up maybe some of the movement.
1: So, Dan, what do you make of the market then? Because usually at this time, last year we saw a bunch of the big-name free agents go off at winter meetings, and now we're seeing... You know, I use this term loosely, but these average players that are going off of the market and a George Springer and a Trevor Bauer are the ones that are going to be waiting around. Do you see that kind of continuing with more of these average players signing?
2: I think it depends on what the Mets, the Yankees, and to an extent the Angels, certainly the Dodgers, what they want to do. These big market teams, it, you know, how much do they want to spend? Do they want to spend right away? Or do they wait for the market to get set and then they say, okay, now we know that's what the price is, that's the going rate, and then the the chips start to fall with those guys. But as you start to see the lesser guys, to your point, that sets the market. Then you know, generally speaking, what it's going to cost. I also think with the pending CBA, that makes it really interesting what teams want to do and what certain players want to do, too, because we don't know what the financial landscape, certainly what the financial landscape is going to be in 2021 but looking ahead to 2022 guys i'll be sitting in this studio knock on wood hopefully <laughs> talking to you about baseball but and hopefully having a cba but my gut tells me I, I we're going to be in a real dogfight between the pa and and major league baseball which then it does dovetail into what we're talking about now
0: cardinals broadcaster and host of scoops with danny mack dan mclaughlin joining us here in studio bk and ferrario on I'm 101 curious. espn Do you guys agree with that I yeah. think the pending CBA is huge in part of what's oh, going on I'm now. I'm terrified of what's going to happen next offseason. I mean, you you look at right now what's going on with the designated hitter and how that's become a negotiation. If that has become this heated between the players and the owners and they haven't been able to figure that out in mid-December now, <laughs> what the heck's going to happen when they've got all the financial stuff that's on the line? I. I don't know how they're going to be able to get that done in any sort of reasonable timeline, which means, I mean, we're looking at right now, the market seems kind of constipated and it's going to wait longer than it normally would. What happens when they literally don't know if they're going to have a season next year this time around? I I don't know how that you can feel any sort of
2: positive t- positivity about that. I think the DH thing is not that it's getting overblown, but it, it's way more important, in my opinion, for the players as opposed to... the to the owners now I, and I'm talking to just the financial aspect of it because you know we, we didn't have a DH going into the season and nationally teams were able to kind of just figure it out right I mean that you had guys that were on the bench the Cardinals had Brad Miller they said okay here's we can deal with this for 60 games we can figure this out but when you're talking about Nelson Cruz and Marcelo Zuna and others and saying well half the marketplace is not available for you You know, teams are not looking at you as an outfielder. You're strictly a DH, and you're taking half the marketplace out. That's a big deal for a player because a lot of those teams already have their DH in place anyway. So what do you do? I mean, that is something that has to get negotiated. I thought it would be either done by this week or certainly by Christmas, you got to know which is in a couple of weeks, but it's just lingering. And to your point, that's what makes this frustrating. And I, I think, generally speaking, most fans, even here in town, I can't believe I'm going to say this, want the DH. I think we all kind of liked it. <laughs> well, because yep. it's good for the Cardinals right now, right? right? Because
0: if you're looking at the market, look at what the players are that we've connected to the Cardinals. Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, yes. these are guys that... need offense. You, they can play outfield, sure, but I would rather have them play DH if they can next season, you know? And so, you you look to what the Cardinals can do to upgrade this offense the other thing I wanted to ask you about Dan we've talked about this a little bit if the Cardinals add to this offense it feels like it's going to be in the outfield but think it has to be yeah but then I go through what their outfield situation is right now and if there's no DH next season and it sounds like that's at least for the time being how they're approaching this Dexter Fowler Harrison Bader Dylan Carlson Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas Justin I've got six guys that I already feel I could potentially make the major league roster next year. Austin Dean. I'm going to add another one to that mix. Right. I I would love to upgrade the group, don't get me wrong, but is that something that the Cardinals are actually going to be here
2: for if there is no designated hitter? A couple things to keep in mind. Lane Thomas, Austin Dean have minor league options. So that's something that you could get a little relief with. Justin Williams is out of minor league options. So he's either got to make the club or... Adios. So that's three guys that you can get a little flexibility with. They're going to have to go out and make the club, Um, but those things take care of themselves in spring training. I was talking with Brian Walton about that earlier today on my show. You know, this is this is kind of make or break time for Justin Williams. They like him. Now we haven't seen. It's unfortunate we haven't seen a lot of him. He was part of the Tommy Pham deal. When he makes contact, and his numbers prove that in the minor leagues. When and if. It's hard hit contact. And that's what they're looking for. That's baseball in 2021. Mm -hmm. You know, forget the strikeouts. They're going to be there, there's going to be a ton of them. Who hits the ball hard? Who gives me power? And if somebody emerges out of that group, then they stay. If they don't, they're gone. It's it's really that simple, I think.
1: So, Dan, you use the key words there that I'm interested in, and that's minor leagues, because I don't think any of us know what this minor leagues is going to look like for this upcoming season. How does that not only affect the Cardinals but affect Major League Baseball if you don't have all of these minor league options because – then you have to really decide what these minor league players are rather than throw them in A ball or in rookie ball to figure it
2: out. Yeah, I you know, today was a big day in baseball because they pared it down to 120 minor league teams. So now you have your affiliations in place. The Cardinals are losing two of those that now become college woodbat leagues. I really feel bad for those communities, by the way. Yeah. Some of those places that had uh, major league affiliations and now they're gone and the value of those franchises go down and a lot of those are family owned, which really stinks. And, And that's how you develop, I think, fandom too, where if you're from those outlying areas and you watch this young star go to rookie ball or A ball and you know he's a stud and you go find him in A ball and you follow him through and all of a sudden you say, hey, let's go grab the family and go to St. Louis or go to Chicago and go watch him for a weekend. Lose some of those fans. So, I, I don't know if it's short sighted with some of the money things. I just, from the fan side of it, I'm disappointed. To your question, I think we're going to have to have uh, some semblance of minor league baseball this year. Now, part of that dovetails into vaccines and being able to congregate. Mm-hmm. Now, they're playing winter ball. Now, that's, yeah. think about that. They're playing winter ball without a vaccine right now. We we're able to get through a season without a vaccine. And I'm not saying that they're going to have minor league baseball without a vaccine. I just think we're going to have. Um, it'd be it'd be interesting on a couple things, Alex. Number one, when does instructional camp start? Normally that would start in like a month for the Cardinals. Right. There's been no word on that. Maybe Mo will address that today. The other thing is um, in terms of getting into spring training, who goes to spring training? Like who? Where, I saw you, a report yesterday that they were talking
0: about potentially having the major leaguers come early yes, and then the minor correct. leaguers coming after. So it would basically be a split camp, two different squads.
2: That way, you don't have as many people congregating at once. However, how many of those guys are invited to major league camp? You know, that's the other thing. I mean, you got like Matthew Liberatore, um, Zach Thompson. You know, you're know, you talking about guys that Nolan are Gorman. Nolan, Nolan Gorman, Gorman yeah. that you want to see. Where are they? What happened last year? Now they have a general idea, but you want to see them in competition with these major league guys. So it's a great question, Alex. And I do think we'll have a minor league season. It's just a matter of when and if it starts. Danny Mack, Cardinals broadcaster, host of Scoops with Danny Mac, 10 to 11 o'clock right
0: here on 101 ESPN, joining us on BK and Ferrario. Last question that I've got for you, and it seems to be the most pressing one for the Cardinals right now. The hell's going to happen with Adam <laughs> Wainwright
2: and Yadier or Molina? You don't have to ask this. Um, I, I think Yadi the way I look at it, just reading the tea leaves. So uh, one of the places I looked at that would have been, been a right fit for him was the Yankees, and they picked up, you know, they kept Gary Sanchez. I, I got to wonder what the uh, the marketplace is for a 38-year-old catcher that doesn't have great offensive numbers, and we're talking about how baseball is looked at in 2020. Defense – He's kind of taking a back seat to an extent. And strikeouts, we're fine with that. So we want power. We want we want guys that can mash. Yachty's not going to do that. Um, but there's the intangibles. He's a coach on the – and this is true. I mean, he's a coach on the field, handles a pitching staff. If, the, if you had the final three innings of Game 7 of the World Series, I want him behind the plate mm-hmm. more so than anybody else. But how much am I willing to pay for that at the age of 38? And am I going to give him a two-year deal – I don't think so. I, I just don't think that that marketplace is quite there for him outside of St. Louis. There's a lot of intangibles that make sense for him to come back here, and as this thing develops and as we go forward, it just seems like all signs would point that it would make sense for him to come back here. Now, with Wainwright, he's been more receptive, I think, to saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I've made a ton of money. I'm willing to accept an incentive-laden deal. I want to finish my career here i i got i i just get a feeling that that's going to happen and this is no insight from the cardinals it's just me reading what the marketplace is um i just think it would it would be right too that both those guys finish here now that's my fandom coming out then there's the reality of what is right for the club and if you kind of look at what 2021 is it's almost a transition period for this franchise in a lot of ways i mean uh, miller's gonna come off the books carpenter uh, Dexter Fowler, and there's somebody else I'm missing, but it, it, it adds up to about 50 50. Carlos, Carlos, Martinez, Carlos Martinez. Yeah, thank you. So, do you want to do you just totally pull it off the band aid and say goodbye to those guys? And we, we're saying this is a trans. you don't say a transition, but you say we're still trying to win because I think they can win the Central. The Central's a, not a great division. Man. Somebody's got to win the NFC East. Somebody's yeah. got to win the NL Central. <laughs> and they're going to have good pitching. So, the Cardinals do have very good pitching. So, is it a time to say goodbye or do you bring him back i i would like to see them both come back i think most fans would like to see that back especially when you get the chance to be back in the seats i just think all signs ideally point to having him back and with Yachty, too i got to wonder and i've said this to both you guys you know kisner did not play in a truncated 60 game season he wasn't there and I so is he is he ready to take the reins and be a guy that plays 120 games? Now Herrera is playing winter ball. He just started playing winter ball, but he, by all accounts, is a year and a half, two years away. That bridges you the gap to him if that's the guy in the future. So, again, another check mark in the box of bringing him back. I I just think he comes back. I, I do. So real quick then, if if those guys come back,
1: you don't see any upgrade offensively. And Mo has talked about upgrading offensively. But if you're bringing those guys back, and what they've said about not spending a lot and cutting the budget back, does it
2: really open up a lot of holes for guys to 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 come in through free agency. The answer to that is what is the budget? And my understanding is the budget hasn't been set. You know, we're still kind of waiting to see exactly, vaccine rollout, fans in the stands. Are we playing 162? And if they're fans in the stands, what's the capacity, all those things. And then that will dictate what they can spend. We're looking forward to seeing this thing develop. We always appreciate the time.
0: Hear him weekdays, 10 to 11 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Scoops with Danny Mac. Scoops with Danny com. Also, of course, the Cardinals broadcaster for Fox Sports Midwest. Dan,
2: always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for having me in. Appreciate it.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes